Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me now, the person who wrote the book on Vice President Mike Pence. Literally, literally wrote the book. I'm joined by Washington correspondent for Business Insider and author of Piety and Power, Mike Pence and the taking of the White House. Tom Lubianco joins me. Tom, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us this evening. Today, the vice president met with President Trump for the first time since the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol last week. So what are you hearing from those close to the vice president about everything that has transpired? Clearly, the most tumultuous week of his political career. Absolutely. And, and thanks for having me, Brian. Good to be back. Um, yeah, look, Pence's people are trying to ride this out. Um, what, what we reported on last week and, and still seems to be the case um, based on my reporting, uh, recent reporting, is um, he will not support the 25th Amendment. Um, that's what I'm hearing from his top advisors. Um, he, he seems to want to ride this thing out and and, and not inflame things any further. Now, obviously, um, that's that's a pretty hard thing to do, frankly, if you're him. Because remember, this is the vice president, the, the, the rioters, the, the mob out there, were chanting, hang Mike Pence, and they, they brought a gallows with them to the Capitol. And you know, even just a few days before that, actually on New Year's Day, one of Trump's lawyers, uh, Lynn Wood, had threatened execution of Pence if he didn't overturn yeah. the election results. Um, so, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to keep their head low, and, and Pence is very good at letting things roll off his back. But I, I, I'm not sure if this, is, if, if this is one that you let slide. This is akin to trying to run out the clock in sports. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. What were your sources telling you leading up to the certification of the Electoral College votes. There was so much pressure being put mm. on the vice president, specifically from President Trump, let alone his supporters, for Pence to do something. I, I don't know what he could have done. He didn't have the power to do anything, but to do something. Uh, obviously, he didn't. Tell us about that week uh, leading up to the certification. Yeah, very intense. Um, you know, look, really even starting from the election, election night itself and going forward, um, you had the uh, the president's team and the vice president's team really kind of operated separately. And you know, certainly the, the vice president was going out to some of the, some of these rallies that they were doing, a lot of the Georgia rallies, um, and he would often toe the line on this stuff, but not really say it outright. Um, starting at about the end of December, around before Christmas, um, Trump himself started pressing. Uh, Pence to not show up on January 6th, to not preside over the certification. Um, obviously, that's a hard thing to do because the Constitution mandates that he preside over the certification. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and you know, in, in this country, at least, we swear, you know, it, it, the Constitution has the final say, mm -hmm. <laughs> not, not any single president or any individual. Um, so, it, I mean, the, the thing is, is I, I think Pence's people were hoping for this. I think they were kind of hoping they could ride this out 
relying on the the reality of the the that this is what the Constitution dictates, and you know, with good reason. Um, that is not the case. And I'll tell you, if you look at uh, the events of January sixth, he released Pence releases that letter declaring, and it's really a very powerful letter from him. I, I suspect it will also be precedent setting. Um, he releases the letter saying that no single individual can have the unilateral power. That's not the way that this country is set up. It's not the way that the framers put it together. And he will he will abide by the Constitution. Just a few minutes later is really when the march starts from the, the Trump rally to the Capitol. Yep. And not long after that, they, they breached the Capitol. Um, now, you know, is that because of the letter? Is it, you know, is, is that the singular force? Probably not. But you have to think he contributed to it. And I think, you know, when you saw Pence, you know, emerge publicly again on around 8 p.m. on the night of January 6th to preside over the counting of the electors, he gave a, a talk that was actually kind of similar to what George W. Bush did right after 9-11, really. He yeah. said, you know, we will, we will not be bowed by violence. And I really took that as him putting himself forward in a very serious way, which, frankly, we have not seen very much of during this presidency. So something clearly changed. There's a lot more to be reported on there, frankly. It was certainly a big moment for the vice president and a big moment for the country that they were resuming their constitutional duties after uh, that violent storming of the Capitol. I'm joined by Tom LaBianco, Washington correspondent for Business Insider and author of Piety and Power, Mike Pence and the taking of the White House. You've been following the vice president for the past four years and, and even before that. He really has been about as loyal of a vice president as you can be, correct? I mean, he's stuck right yeah. by Trump through some of the toughest times. Absolutely. And no question, complete loyalty. And, uh, you know, really, and this is even with Trump. Trump set up these loyalty tests for Mike Pence. And I'll tell you that behind the scenes, you know, I think back to last summer, the summer of 2019, or I guess two summers ago now, whatever that was, um, <laughs> July of 2019. Um, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump and, and Trump himself had been contemplating the idea of removing Pence from the ticket for the re-election. And they kind of put Pence through some loyalty tests. You know, would you show up to these events? Um, and one of his advisors told me that it, that it really, I don't know if it pissed Pence off, but it pissed off this advisor. He said that he was just tired of Trump always yanking the leash on him. And that's the way it felt very often uh, throughout the presidency. Now, you know, I think one one thing that you saw from other Republicans in the Capitol who, you know, were under attack of, along with the vice president and everyone else in the Capitol uh, was this idea that just anger at Trump for turning on someone who had been completely loyal to him like that. I've never I've never heard anybody say that Pence was anything other than loyal. You know, it's yeah. I think it was, it was shocking to a lot of people, really. Now, this isn't, of course, the first time that that Trump has discarded a member of his team because they didn't do what he wanted. But but just yeah. following up on that point, did it catch the Pence team and the vice president himself off guard? How far President Trump took it in his direct criticism of Pence when the vice president wouldn't do what he wanted with the certification of the electoral college votes. Yeah, I think that's that is when it became personal 
And, um, you know, I, I don't know that there will be a reparation of that, uh, that breach uh, between the two of them. Um, the, you know, it's, that, that seems to be a, a final break. And, you know, maybe, maybe Pence was looking for an exit. Um, maybe there's some political calculations that go into it, but I, I'm not really sure how much the politics factors into it here because of the severity of the moment. Um, yeah, I was told by people close to the vice president that, he was the one who decided to write the letter like that. And, you know, remember, this is a guy mm. who in the 1990s used to head a conservative think tank. And if you if you want to understand a lot more about Mike Pence, uh, research Russell Kirk. Um, it, some people call him a paleoconservative. He was a, a peer and, and contemporary of uh, William F. Buckley. And um, it's one of Pence's favorite conservative philosophers. And it really drives a lot of his thinking. And when when I was reading that letter, it sounded like the guy who used to run a conservative think tank in the 90s and was a huge fan of Russell Kirk. And, you know, a lot of this comes from Pence himself. It's not being dictated by advisors. I, I don't, I mean, certainly, I'm not sure if it was dictated by polling or not. Um, you know, and then, and then that speech when he reopened the convening of the, uh, uh, reconvened the, uh, the electoral count uh, at 8 p.m. on uh, January 6th. Um, I'd say the relationship between Pence and Trump is is over. I'm not sure you repair that one. I'm joined by Tom LaBianco, Washington correspondent for Business Insider and author of Piety and Power, Mike Pence and the taking of the White House. The news this evening, the vice president did meet with President Trump for the first time since the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol last week. Uh, aside from a few statements, though, we really don't know much uh, about that meeting to be a fly on the wall there. <laughs> right? I uh, can only imagine what was discussed. Mike Pence, you mentioned his thought process, his philosophy on conservatism. He was like the standard of what an evangelical conservative was in the Republican Party. And a lot of people over the past five years, really, even before President Trump was sworn into office, they they had put aside the moral aspect and the character aspect of what they would typically want to see from a president in order to get stuff. It was a transactional relationship. Was that difficult for Pence to do? Or do you think he was comfortable because of the things that he felt like uh, he could help get done in the Trump administration? Yeah, you know that's that's a tough one. I, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure that I myself have a clear answer on that. Uh, I've heard differing things from the folks around Pence over the years. You know, there's a there's a group of people that say um, he acted on his faith, and that you know when he and Karen Pence on the night of July 13th, 2016, they prayed over whether to join the ticket, and ultimately said yes. That was something that they they relied on their faith for that. Now, the flip side of that is that there's political ambition in there as well, because, mm -hmm. you know, in parts, so perhaps they saw it as God clearing way for them for their own path to the White House. And certainly some of Pence's advisors handled it that way. I mean, you know, look, in the run-up to 2020, and this is the reason that they never let, or they never left the ticket on October 2016 during the Access Hollywood uh, uh, thing, was that, 
they were planning that Trump would lose and then they would catapult to the front of the pack for 2020. And mm-hmm. they've been going out and telling donors that, you know, get a ticket now for Pence 2020 and you'll be at the table early. Um, you know, so that was their thinking. Possible both those things are true. You know, they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. And where do you think this all puts Mike Pence's political future? Because you've got a segment of the Trump base that he would likely need that is not happy with him and likely will never be happy with him that he didn't do what the president wanted uh, at the very end. Where does he fit into the Republican Party and the movement moving forward? Or is it too early to tell? Because we just don't know what's going to happen if traditional conservatism will make a resurgence uh, or mm. if this Trumpism is going to continue to to dominate the party over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the latter is, is correct here. There's just so much up in the air. I mean, look, you know, we we do our presidential rankings the very early, very premature <laughs> twenty four Republican rankings. <laughs> They've already got the betting odds. I talked to the odds makers in Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Pence is up there. He's pretty high. He's usually in the top five. <laughs> those those wouldn't be the same odds makers that have been putting uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, you know Michelle Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye West is up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same ones. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give you good odds on Ryan Gorman for president. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call me up. I'll take all your bets. You can't a gazillion you. to one <laughs> shot. Gazillion to one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's really hard to tell though. It's, it's back to your question. The, it's very, there's so much up in the air, you know, look with the impeachment seeming to be all but certain, depending upon how that mm-hmm. plays out in the Senate, it certainly if it's in a Democratic Senate where this plays out, uh, Trump might not be a candidate in 24. They could potentially bar him from holding future office. Now, what does that do for everybody else? Um, you know, Pence, you could see in a lane with somebody like a Tom Cotton who objected early before the insurrection to, uh, to the, uh, trying to overturn the results. Um, do Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, do they even have a career anymore after this? I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. There's a lot still happening. I just heard that, um, Eli Lilly, uh, major pharmaceutical, national pharmaceutical manufacturer and a massive player in Indiana politics. And certainly someone, uh, company Pence is very familiar with Alex Azar, uh, used to be an executive over there. Um, they are going to suspend uh, uh, political contributions to everyone who to congressmen uh, who supported the insurrection. Uh, there's a lot happening right now. I mean, I f- it feels like the like this the boulder, the snowball, whatever it is, is still rolling downhill, and and we're not there. And, you know, and I should also mention too. You know, we're seeing reports about a you know militia marching on Washington on the inauguration. Uh, I mean, this is all very chaotic still. We, we, we're still very much in the moment of this. I'm, I'm not sure that anyone has clear answers right now. Final question for you. And again, I'm talking about Washington correspondent for Business Insider and author of Piety and Power, Mike Pence, and the taking of the White House, Tom Lobianco. In the immediate aftermath of the Trump administration, once Joe Biden is sworn in on January 20th, what do you see 
Mike Pence doing? Do you see him stepping out mm. of the public spotlight for a bit and kind of regrouping? Or do you see him uh, trying to, I don't know, maybe through fundraisers or different things, trying to keep himself right in the middle of everything in case he does do that 2024 run? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the calculation beforehand, and what I was hearing from folks around Pence beforehand was that um, potentially going to helm a college like either Hillsdale College or Liberty University, that was being talked about. Um, they were planning a, a, who would be the political advisors who would stick around him for a 24 run. Um, you know, they were waiting to see what Trump was going to do. Um, I haven't really talked to them very much about that since January 6th. Obviously, more pressing matters. At hand. <laughs> There's been a lot going on. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I don't know. It really, and I, I just, you know, here's what, something that Pence is very good at doing, and I, it would probably help him a lot here, which is ducking and covering. Um, yeah. it, you know, it, it's going to take a while for this to shake out. And um, mm-hmm. it, it just, I mean, again, so many unknowns at this point, and, and just so much and so raw, really, too. Just, yeah, yeah very chaotic. Well, we are certainly glad the vice president and his family are okay because it was uh, it was dicey yeah. there on January 6th. Yeah. Tom Lobianco, Washington correspondent for Business Insider and author of Piety and Power, Mike Pence and the Taking of the White House. Tom, thanks so much for the time and, and giving us that insight into the vice president and his thinking. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Ryan. Good to be with you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.